I know you. You are afraid to speak up. You are scared of what other people think of you. And you blame yourself for what happened to you. I know how it feels because I've been there. If you found me, I'm so grateful you are here. This podcast will give you hope. And I'm your host, Anna Ditchburn. I'm going to hold your hand and provide the guidance that I needed the most. It's time for you to find your why and turn your experience into your superpower. So lock your door, put your headphones in, and enjoy. Angela Bennett, welcome to the world's best trauma recovery podcast. Thank you, Anna. It's an honor to be here with you. It's wonderful to have you, Ange. And your story is so powerful and so amazing. And I'm really looking forward to explore more about it. And Ange, my first question for you, the transformational queen, (laughs) the transformational coach, what inspired you? to become a coach? Yeah, great question, Anna. Um, So when I was 19, I realised that what I had been through from the age of 14 up to 19 was too big a story to keep it a secret and to keep it to myself. And so long before public speaking was as big as it is now, I thought I need to be a speaker, I need to tell my story, I need to get it out because... My story brings freedom and liberation to other people to empower them to tell their story. It gives them permission. So from there, I started a journey of self-discovery and don't get me wrong, I'm 46 now and it was a very long journey and took a lot of work and I fell so many times back into my previous uh, habits and patterns and behaviors but um, eventually that led me to to being a life coach because I thought well hang on a minute I have been through so much I have so much life experience yeah I've never been to university I don't have a degree but I have so much life experience how can I use this to help others work through theirs and and live their best lives and so then I discovered life coaching and so I did that And then I thought, oh, I love this so much. I need more. And so I did transformational coaching as well, which involves a lot of NLP and timeline therapy and things like that. So, yeah, that's how. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. Angela, what happened at the age of 14? Uh, I put myself in a situation where it was just myself and a male in his bedroom. He um, ended up raping me. Now, it wasn't a violent assault. It was um, more more of me freezing and not being able to speak up and say, no, it's not what I want. So that led me down a path of self-blame. That was my fault. I shouldn't have put myself there. I should have said, no, I should have done this. I should have done that. Yeah, <laughs> you get it, right? And we just... I guess from there I, I spiralled out of control, spiralled into a depression, spiralled into um, a life of lack of self-worth, lack of self-respect, maybe even self-punishment. 
because I shouldn't have done that or I should have spoken up or I could have stopped it, you know. So, yeah, that's what happened at 14. That went unreported. I didn't tell anyone about that. Mm. And I resonate with you so much because what, what, what happened to me at the age of 15 is exactly the same. I was sexually abused by my stepfather and I also frozen. I, I was, I freeze. I become a mommy, <laughs> literally. And I was blaming myself for nearly 20 years for not doing anything and then for not stopping it. Mm-hmm. And it led me to all sorts of things as well. Angela, would you share with us what were your reason for going into a sex industry? Yeah, wow. <laughs> I always laugh a little bit when I tell this story because it, it just seems so silly when I think about it, but it's not. It was just my reality. But um, like I said, having no self-worth and just wanting desperately for someone to love and accept me as I was, I gave myself away a lot as a young woman, just trying, I, I, you know, I thought if I open my legs, they'll accept me. Maybe they'll love me if I give them what they want. But this is not, it's not a fact. It's such a lie because someone learning who you are and falling in love with you as a person rather than what you have in your pants is two different things, right? But for me, that's what I used. I used my pussy power, can we call it, Mm -hmm. to manipulate and to get what I wanted. That's what I learned. Um, It was like that was what I thought was all I had to offer. And so when, do you remember the movie um, Pretty Woman with Julia Roberts and yep. Richard Gere? Okay, so she was a prostitute in that, in that movie. Mm-hmm. And I saw that movie and I thought, huh, so that's what she does. And she finds this knight in shining armour who sweeps her off her feet, provides this brilliant life for her. Hey, I can do that. Like I'm doing this anyway. I may as well get paid for it. And so I did. That's how I landed in the sex industry. I I was working in um, a shoe store in Sydney, in George Street, in Australia, mm-hmm. for all those listening from international. <laughs> um, and I met a gorgeous woman who worked with me and she lived this lavish lifestyle. And I'm like, how do you live in beautiful Potts Point in this gorgeous home and have all this, this fabulous lifestyle when you do the same job as me? How do mm-hmm. I, I don't get that much money to, to put a beautiful roof over my head like that? How does this work? And eventually she told me that she was a sex worker. And I thought, okay, seen the movie, sleeping around anyway, I can do this. I may, I may as well, I may as well get paid for this and, you know, have this lavish lifestyle that she seems to have. And so, yeah, there was a couple of things that pulled me in that direction. And my first experience with as a sex worker as a prostitute was with a really lovely man thank goodness um and he was really gentle and and really caring and that was really nice um I still cried my way through the whole thing I just thought wow okay is this really what I want to do but I lasted about six months in the industry in that in that first stint um by the end of it I was so (sighs) We had the discussion before about being broken and not broken, but I was just, and so I don't want to use that term, but I was just so out of alignment in myself and out of balance. 
with everything that I was doing and my heart was hurting and I was starting to go down this depression, into this depressive hole, this dark, dark hole, and I just thought I've got to get myself out of here. This is not good. But after that, I was so depressed. I I was barely functioning. I started working in um, in an office as a receptionist and I was barely functioning. Uh, to the point where I thought, oh, I just have to end this. I can't do this life anymore. I already had one child who was, I had him when I was 17. So he was two going on three and I just made such a big mess of life so far. I thought this child is better off without me. His father had taken him from me. I just thought this this child is better off without me. This life is too hard. I don't know how to get out of this hole. I just can't do it anymore. So, um, yeah, I went down the path of depression and attempted suicide. And, um, yeah, <laughs> it's a miracle that I'm sitting here today having this conversation with you and waking up each morning, taking a breath, like my first breath of the day I'm always so grateful for because I'm still here. It is a miracle. And it's, it's a miracle I'm standing in front of you as well, Angela, because I know how it feels. Mm-hmm. I was also desperate for peace and I tried to suicide a few times, but something was stopping me all the time. I think it was my universe <laughs> or oh. I think the God had a bigger, <laughs> bigger plans for me at this point. Yes, so, queen. Yes, queen, come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> <laughs> Angela, what what helped you to get out from this industry? Starting on a journey of self-love and really discovering my self-worth, learning that. Um, I met someone who appeared to think I was amazing and we eventually had another baby, had my second child and, and got married. That marriage, unfortunately, only that, or fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, only lasted about 12 months, if that, um, it was quite toxic. So uh, then again, I had to start this new journey all over again and raising my second child, you know, she, she gave me something to live for. She gave me a reason to wake up each day. Oh, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> she had the most wild, free, vivacious spirit she was just like this magic soul with this amazing smile and these beautiful long strawberry blonde locks and she was just a gem and so she along with her older brother who I started to see irregularly um, just due to issues with his dad um, they just gave me something to live for and a purpose and I started getting back into work, like into normal work. I had to start medication for depression just because it was out of control and I needed help to balance that up, to balance out the the mind and the brain and all those hormones. Sorry, I don't know what they're called. But, yeah, just needed help with that. So that was fine. It was a rough time having been divorced. I think I was 23 at this point. 22, 23. Um, still a baby. Like, yeah, still a baby with two babies um, and, a, and a divorce under my belt. It's like, wow, it's not how I foresaw my life going. You know, I thought I'd be married by, with this knight in shining armour and beautiful family in the white picket fence. Well, yeah, my life is was far from that at an early age. 
Angela, firstly, congratulations to go through these challenges. Honestly, not many people will survive. Not many people will go through this and now look amazing like you are with a beautiful smile and a beautiful and sparkling eyes. So I, I, want, I want really say congratulations to you for making this. You know, Anna, sorry, can I interrupt there? I know you're about to ask a question, mm-hmm. but that was part of my journey as well, like not beating myself up around the mistakes and the failures and the, the, the downfalls that I'd had. And it was really acknowledging, man, girl, you are brilliant. Look what you have supported yourself through. Look what you have made it through. And now you have two beautiful children to teach that to, to teach the resilience and to build the the character that's been built within. Well done, you know, rather than beating ourselves up all the time. Sorry, yeah, just side note. (laughs) No, thank you so much for sharing because you are so right. So many girls would beat themselves up. It's a lot of shame. It's a lot of guilt associated. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. And our life depends on the story we believe in. Mm. And that's what the story I believed about myself, that I'm not good enough. I have to be perfect so people like me. I have to do all these things. (laughs) So they just don't don't harm me. Mm. And people pleasing was my I was an expert in the people pleasing field. You know, people pleasing comes from it comes from a place of fear. It doesn't come from a place of love. 100 percent Yeah. I was a people pleaser too. How was your relationship with your parents, Angela? Uh it was yeah, wow, great question. Look, it was a good relationship. My dad swept, I, I was a daddy's girl growing up. But my dad swept everything under the carpet. Nothing was ever dealt with. It was always turn the other cheek, don't confront anything, just, you know, don't don't um, argue about anything, don't rock the boat. Mum was very passive-aggressive, which I learned to do extremely well. <laughs> yeah, so they didn't have, we didn't, my parents did the best that they could do with what they knew, with what they were taught. And as I did with my children, and it's really hard to know. I mean, you don't know what you don't know. So you learn these behaviours and these patterns of what you learn from your parents. So I learned to be passive aggressive. I learned to choose men who would sweep things under the carpet. And the, the thing about that is, so for example, if something would happen in my relationship that I wasn't brave enough to discuss, it would just get shoved under the carpet or just down into the fog. My brother told me about Peterson. I can't remember his first name, Jacob, John, I can't remember. Anyway, he talks about the fog that lies beneath. And when things are not discussed or addressed or confronted, they lie in that fog. And so every time something else happens in a relationship, everything that's in the fog is stirred up and brought to the surface. And so I learned to live in a life that was just everything lying in the fog. And it's a really hard place to be because secrets are, are toxic and poisonous and, and that stuff that lies there, it festers. So my parents taught me really well to do that. <laughs> and I've had to unlearn all of that, unlearn everything that I was taught and learn who I'm really created to be and to learn to have those 
hard conversations that just have to be had for the benefit of everyone. And in that moment, it's so uncomfortable, but it either brings you together or it pushes you apart. And whatever that's meant to be is perfect, right? So yeah, my relationship with them, look, I adore my parents. My mum passed in 2014 and I still miss and grieve her in those moments where it's like I just want to call my mom because she just always knew what to say and she always gave the hug that made everything okay and anyway she left a good legacy there were things that I took from her she was a wise woman she was a godly woman and she was a wise woman and so she prayed for us a lot and if she wasn't praying for us I don't know where I'd be today I tell you um, and my dad is the same and he's, he lives in Melbourne um, and we still talk. He's, he's amazing. I love my dad. So, yeah, my relationship was good. It wasn't perfect. Whose is? <laughs> Angela, you've mentioned some benefits of the trauma, actually, and all those amazing attributes that you've learned, unlearned <laughs> the bad things and learned those amazing attributes. And I believe that trauma can be a very wonderful source of self-development and self-love and self-care. I'm just wondering what other benefits you've got from recovery, from healing? I'm learning. I've learned my weaknesses. I've learned... I believe when you've experienced a lot of hurt and a lot of pain, a lot of trauma, you can learn to love yourself so much through all of that. But you can also develop a a passion and a compassion for people, an empathy for people because you've been through so much. And when you've been through so much, you understand the hardships, you understand the turmoil, you understand what it is to be comforted. And so you can comfort others. You know, every time I've been through, every time something comes up now, I look back and go, okay, it's like, it's like a reference point. It's like, okay, I've been through this before, or I've been through something similar before. This friggin' hurts right now, but I can get through this because I've done it before. So Without those reference points, without without other experiences, it's so hard. Like it's it makes it just makes it easier to function because you know you've done it. Okay, cool. I've been there, done this. I can do it again. But the the beautiful thing about our story, Anna, and all of our experience and all of our trauma, is when we're brave enough to allow it to come up and out of our mouth, it provides freedom and permission for others to share their story and to release their stuff. Because as I said before, the secrets are toxic and poisonous. And when you're holding all of that stuff in, you're suppressed and there's an, there's an element of you that's not free. And I'm not saying you need to broadcast your stuff to the world, but if you've at least got that permission that you, you might feel you need to tell your story, to allow it to leave your lips, to release it. It brings freedom. It brings liberty and it brings empowerment because you can't, you you can be held in a place of powerlessness or hopelessness when you've got such, such a burden to carry and such guilt and shame around these burdens that you carry or these things that you've experienced. You don't need to live like that. There's so much freedom in releasing it and forgiving yourself, forgiving your perpetrator, 
and just falling fiercely in love with yourself. And that's kind of my theme for this year is falling fiercely in love with myself. I love it. because Yeah, well, no one can do that for you, right? You have to, I truly believe loving myself fiercely teaches others how to treat me and how to love me because it teaches you what I will tolerate and accept Mm -hmm. in my life. And if you don't fit that, that's okay. But you just need to move out of the way because someone else will. (laughs) Exactly. And again, compassion, because sometimes we have to do some things to to cope with with our trauma, to survive. And my passion for people, for our society, to really understand that we, that girls are not becoming, are not going to a slave industry just because they having fun or wanted. It's just because there are underlying issues coming from a childhood because there is a, a people pleasing and low self-esteem and <laughs> actually desire for a good life, which is normal. Hey, let's support those right. girls, not just looking away or turning around, you know, and judging. Angela, what would you say to someone who is going through a similar situation like you've gone at the very beginning, say at 17 years old? Les Brown has a quote and he says, asking for help is not because you're weak. Asking for help is so you can remain strong. Reaching out to someone, asking for help, asking for guidance is it's paramount. It's key. You don't have to do it alone. It's too hard to do it alone. And there are people like you and me and Tanya, your friend Tanya, that I was listening to her, her you and her. Big shout out to Tanya Gill. <laughs> yeah. Wow, what a story. There are women and, and men, but there are women like us who are sharing our stories. So we are discoverable and available and reachable for women, young women or or women of our age, whoever, that are going through stuff like this. They need need to know that they don't have to do it alone. We've been there. We've done it. We can guide you through. You don't have to make the same mistakes as we did and to keep slugging away at it and to keep making those mistakes or or not, not mistakes, but like those choices that make life harder. Like we can help you through. That's why we're here. I love that. I love that we get to be that beacon of light for other women. I love that. What an honour, honestly. What a privilege. Shine your light because someone needs it. Blessed. Exactly. Angela, who do you work with and how do you help people? I thought you meant who was my mentor. (laughs) Who do I work with? As a coach. (laughs) Yeah, I work with anyone who has recognised that they're not living life to their fullest, who knows they're stuck in an area, whether it's relationship, whether it's self-love, whether it's career, whether it's finance, whatever it is that is keeping you stuck in a place and holding you back from a life that is li- that you can be living to your fullest potential, living from a narrative that makes you extremely happy is one of my mod- favourite mottos. And so I work with anyone who's that little bit stuck, who just needs a little bit of guidance into 
where they're stuck and how to get to what it is that they are looking for. And, you know, the funny thing about women, it's really hard for us to, number one, know what we want, number two, ask for what we want. Oh, yes. Or to go, go after, yeah, or to go after what we want because we've been taught it's selfish. It's not selfish. I think playing small and not fulfilling your purpose, that's selfish because each of us have a, a purpose and a potential that has been given to us uniquely and individually. And we are the only ones on this planet that can feel that purpose the way that we can fulfill it. So yeah, I work with those women. <laughs> Amazing. And where those women can find you? So I am on Instagram, Facebook, and of course my um, website. Do you want me to do the link now? Yeah, if you can, if you can say, because for for people yeah. who are listening us yeah so it's linktree forward slash angie b underscore transformations angie b is spelled a-n-g-i-e-b for bob underscore transformations and that's on linktree perfect perfect angela and before we go do you have any concluding thoughts yeah i read a quote this morning from maya angelo And it said, if you're always trying to be normal, you'll never figure out or you'll never discover how magnificent you truly are. Something along those lines. Don't quote me. I may have got a couple of words wrong. But I thought that's so true. We're all created to bring, some, as I said before, something unique to this world. We all have our own crazy and our own wild and our own personality that we bring to this world. And it's so important to be that and to not compare ourselves to The, the woman next door or, you know, the woman you see on Instagram, like just be you, be uniquely you and dominate this world, babe. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ladies and gentlemen, Angela Bennett. Thank you for being here today. I know it's not easy. If you are ready to take this journey all the way, I can help. To find more about my unique method of turning your past trauma into your superpower or how to connect with me best, go to annaditchburn.com. This journey isn't possible to do on your own. So make sure you like, subscribe and review the podcast so we can help more people like you. And if you have someone in your life who is struggling to overcome their trauma, This is something you can give them that truly can change the course of their life forever. We'll see you next time for another episode of the world's best trauma recovery podcast. And just remember, you are able to help yourself and you can do it right now. <laughs>